Welcome, I'm Dave Homewood. After many months of planning and preparation by the Aussie James Trust, the first steps have been taken on the 8th of February 2012 towards the restoration of Dakota ZK-AZL. I had the privilege of spending the afternoon uh, at Mystery Creek with Lynette James, Aussie's daughter. So uh, Lynette, we're standing here, they've just taken the wings off the aircraft. How do you feel? Um, yeah, it's pretty neat to see some progress happening here. Uh, it's been oh, a year and a half since we launched, November the 15th, 2009. So it's uh, quite a long time ago to actually now get to the stage where the plane's actually going to be... Um, started, its restoration process is about to be started. Surprisingly enough, there's, um, there's not a lot of damage uh, to the uh, corrosion to the um, plane we've taken the wings off, so that's that's a good sign. It is. So let's hope the rest of the plane will be, be the same. Can you um, take us back to the beginning of how the project came about and, and the history behind it and all that, just for the listeners? Okay. Um, I was asked to join the um, Aussie James DC3 Conservation Trust as the family member. Um, uh, a few keen people, Barry Quayle, I think Wayne Green, um, I'm not quite sure who else, but uh, and John Gallagher of course, um, decided that the DC3 either needed to be restored or sent to scrap metal. So um, the restoration uh, process uh, uh, was started by forming a trust and uh, yeah the rest is really history. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a very historic aircraft isn't it? Yeah it is, it's the very first agricultural aviation um, DC-3 in the world. It took about 18 months to convert it. Uh, they went through a huge process to um, get the government first to release the plane from the Royal New Zealand Air Force and um, then of course to uh, turn it into a flying machine to drop fertiliser out at a certain rate, at uh, a certain height. Um, it took a lot of engineering to perfect that. Um, and also its it payload, um, they had to make sure its payload was uh, such that if they got into trouble and one engine um, failed, then they could actually dump the load of fertiliser out and the plane could still um, fly on one, one engine. Right. So it had to have that capability of uh, releasing fertiliser very quickly if necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of engineering went into that. Yeah. And um, you know, you said here a couple of times today that your father would be so proud to see this. Oh happen. yeah, he'd, he'd be over the moon. Um, every time we used to come down to the New Zealand field days, we'd come down and have a look at the um, AZL. And um, Dad would always say it's such a shame and he'd be quite upset about uh, the state it was in. Um, so he would be absolutely over the moon today. He would be just in seventh heaven. He'd have a smile from ear to ear. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was always involved in all sorts of projects. Did he ever consider doing this himself when he was alive, doing, doing a restoration project on it? Uh, no, once it was gifted to the um, New Zealand field days, it was out of his jurisdiction really. Right. Yeah. So it's quite almost ironic all these years later that it's actually now happening. Yeah, it's very cool. And of course the um, the building is another real asset to the in the future once it's all back together, repainted, it's going to be enclosed as well. So. Yep, absolutely. And uh, then we're going to be telling the story of all the early agricultural aviation pioneers yep. and their contribution to 
uh, changing the face of the New Zealand economy, um, especially the Highland Duster, these old DC-3s. They just uh, brought in all that Highland um, into productive land, which really did change uh, New Zealand's history. Absolutely. Is there anything that you're still looking for for the project? What, what sort of parts? Oh, heavens. Um, we need a whole cockpit. Um, we're going to need a, a new tail. Uh, sorry, the, the tail wheel. Um, uh, gosh, perspex for the front of the plane. Um, yeah, there's, there's lots of little bits and pieces. Um, once the engineers start working on it, um, hopefully we'll get a good list of what we need. And I'm um, looking forward to you posting it on your website, actually, yeah, Dave. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And onto the website, of course, as well. A- absolutely. Which is, uh, dc3trust.co.nz That's right, yeah. And uh, the other um, the other thing is, tell us about all the different companies that are involved in the restoration. Now we have um, APS um, Aviation Paint Services which is a new uh, building that has been put up by the airport in Hamilton yeah. um, dedicated specifically for painting of aircraft and it can take aircraft of this size and it's not a problem. Um, and that's uh, with uh, Phil Byrne. Phil Byrne from Aviation Painting Services at Hamilton Airport. Um, hey, we were uh, approached uh, several months ago where we've just built our new facility in at the airport. Um, we approached by uh, Lynette uh, from the Aussie James Trust to talk about painting it. Initially, we, we uh, looked at a process of painting it outside. Um, that proved to be... It would have some quality issues on the on the finish of the aircraft, so we've uh, now come up with the option of removing the wings, right. uh, taking it completely from its location, its site now, uh, transporting up to our hangar up in uh, at the airport, repainting, and then the reverse of that to put it back on the stand. Right, right. Mm. Uh, I believe there's um, quite an interesting process in the stripping of the paint. Yeah, we're going to use a number of uh, methods of stripping. We we were a, a fairly much an environmentally friendly company. Uh, we the products we use are uh, environmentally sound. Uh, most of them water-based rather than the, the old-fashioned chemicals. Uh, we tend to use um, water blasting as a as a media to remove the paint, uh, and we use uh, uh, two or three really high-pressure, low-volume water blasters uh, and for this for this project we're, we're going to use a combination some's going to be water stripped and uh, some of it's going to be chemically stripped with a with again a water-based stripper right. and uh, so how long do you think it'll be the process of stripping and, and repainting it um yeah good question uh we would normally do an aircraft this size uh i mean we recently just repainted those two Beechcraft for Air New Zealand, you know the black ones. Yes. Um, we we did those. We did those in uh, about nine days each, and that was a complete strip and repaint. And this isn't fundamentally too much bigger. The wings are certainly bigger. Um, but really, we we could probably get that complete in two weeks. But I think with uh, Lynette, because we're going to use it, it's a it's obviously going to need a lot of heavy corrosion work. Um, I guess four weeks. James colours, of course, isn't it? Yep, I've not seen the, fine, the, the final version, but basically it's white with a black and a red stripe and an Aussie James uh, James Aviation sort of logo on the tail. That's my closest understanding right now. Right, okay. It's, 
going to be a, a, a huge challenge. I mean, most of the, well, both the engines are missing, uh, so they're basically supported in there with wooden bits of wood. So I think a chippy's going to have quite a lot of work, uh, sort of securing, make sure all those engine cowls and the props and the engine, or what's left of the engines, doesn't disappear. Um, we'll we'll take all the props off, polish them all up, and have them all looking pretty pristine. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, we would probably estimate. Two to three thousand man hours will go into um, trying to get this restoration project done, uh, and we, like I say, we will try and get it done in four weeks. Uh, realistically, six weeks maybe. Yep. Um, and a lot depends on the amount of manpower that we can we can make resource to uh, to do the work. Yep. Is this sort of the worst um, case of an aircraft condition that you've seen? Or? Yes, certainly. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> I thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah certainly. It's. Uh, I mean, you, you've probably seen. You can push your finger through uh, through the underside, and you're going through basically what is support channel is it's just flaked away. You know, it's just eaten it completely away. And we'll replace that more than likely with uh, um, bits of commercial grade aluminium rather than aviation grade. Um, a lot of the steel work we'll just replace with steel plate. Um, so yes, yeah, it's, it's going to look okay. It's just not necessarily ever going to be in the airworthy condition again. Yeah. But it's well worth it, though, isn't it? I mean, it's a historic yeah, aircraft. Yeah, I, th I think it will be. Uh, it will be really neat, and it will be uh, certainly a feather in our cap and the rest of the team that's that's involved here to to get this back here. And and hey, if we do a fantastic job, it will be here for another 35 years. So exactly, yeah, probably longer because it's going to be undercover and yeah. all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brett Puddles doing the um, Aeromotive from Aeromotive Limited. He's actually doing the. Um, all the engineering side of it. Yeah, my name's Brett Puddle and I work at Aeromotive. I'm the engineering general manager at Aeromotive. Yeah, I was just involved um, by way of Lynette come and approach us to, um, or approached Aeromotive to see if we're assisting um, well, any engineering work or any repairs that needs, needs doing to it. Um, they, they, yeah, the trust that originally approached us probably about a year ago to see if we, Aeromotive can get involved. And um, and it's just sort of evolved from there, you know. And we we said, yeah, we we originally put on a quote to to repair it, you know, and do all the repairs and, and things like that. So um, then she's um, I know Phil Byrne from APS quite well. So you know he's he's going to be doing all the painting side, and we're sort of going to be helping with just the repairs, the structural repairs, if if and where needed. So like today we we came down to help pull the wings off. Um, we've got I've got one of my guys up there at the moment just unbolting the wing, yep. and so it's just bit of engineering support on how the wings come off and things like that so um, really for today and just as they strip it and clean it and it's just about uh, what we can do to help help these young boys on, on and show them what to do on the repairs so right. do you envisage much uh, repair work in the future on this yep. um, yeah there's a few areas that need it a bit of it yeah other areas like the wings are pretty good and they won't need won't need anything I'm, I'm uh, looking at you know from what I'm picking but um, the fuse needs a few repairs, especially on the undersides, it's a bit rotten in a few places, but, you know, it's just about on what levels do we need to do to, to make it look good again, so. Is that mainly because of the superphosphate uh, corrosion? Yeah, it'd be a bit of both, you know, being sitting there for so long, you know, aluminium just fizzes away, and, and the areas that are rotten, and you see corrosion on, I've seen that on, on um, airworthy DC3s anyway, so, you know, so it's just a known areas where they corrode, so. Are there any sort of parts that you're looking for that are needed? Um, not really, not at the moment. Not until we get into paint stripping it and everything. Yeah. So we've had a look around and 
there are parts that are probably will be nice to to be replaced but we can fix them yeah so you know, like i say you know it's never going to be flying again so so it's just got to look good you know look look original so yeah and we can we can buy original parts for it but it's just going to bump the price up you know unnecessarily yeah I mean, it's never going to fly again so yeah. how long do you envisage that it will be away from this site before it comes back around well the plan is is to um to, to be painted within three weeks so you know it's be a month away you know at least you know minimum Oregon, so it depends again depends on what what form when this gets aquamax or, or paint stripped you know what's underneath yep so and the first wing is off already did that come off nice and clean no problems yeah it wasn't wasn't too much of a div uh, difficulty and we had to it's got the still got all the control cables in there and so we had to reach in there and actually cut the control cables okay because uh, all the access panels are all seized and stuff like that so we got in there and cut the cables and we had to cut, cut a hole in the top of the wing to cut the flap torque tube because yep. you can't put the flaps down to disconnect it which you do normally yep. you know so um, so we just cut a hole in the top of the wing but you know got all that sorted and it was pretty easy so okay. yeah, you, came off you, you guys do the um uh warbirds dakota we used to we used to yeah, yeah. no it's uh, we now gone down to fuel here so we used right. to look out for all that yeah so had you taken a wing off that no, before no this no. is the first wing that yeah, you've, on, a, yeah. on a dc3 yeah uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, warwick johnson um of johnson's house removals and his uh, right hand man paul yeah. actually taking um the plane in three sections uh, a two aps uh gratis so we're just uh, very very grateful for him for that that's fantastic by the end of the day, both the wings were off and on the ground safely. Uh, the fuselage was suspended by a crane. The pole at the back had been removed and the huge house moving truck had been very carefully backed underneath the fuselage. The aircraft was all ready to be moved, which was going to happen the next morning. And on the Friday the 10th, it was going to move up to APS at Hamilton Airport. We'll keep you up to date with the project and its restoration.